I did a thing where I on Twitter was like, hey, if you donate 50 bucks and you send me your receipt, it has to be legit. I was like a real stickler hmm. about it. Um, you know, if you send me that, I'll send you like a tit pick or whatever. Um, and I wound up raising, I want to say, I have a spreadsheet that says, but like close to $40,000. Shut the like, fuck up. It was so much money. I could not believe it. But first, a word from our sponsors. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Beducated.com, the masterclass platform to perfect your techniques, whether you're working on penis massage or anal orgasms. Use promo code MANHOR to get 40% off their annual membership locked in for life at beducated.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, you sluts? your strumpets shout out to the harlots and whores and really anyone who's doing the lord's work making people come what he turned water into wine you don't think he could snap his fingers and make your pussy tingle a little bit come on he's jesus this is billy presida and you are listening to the man whore podcast welcome welcome to the show if you're new hey welcome back if you're not this is the podcast that started as a sex-positive quest for love, interviewing my exes about why we didn't work out. Now we talk to a variety of sex workers, feminist authors, queer performers, sex educators, dating experts, and fellow comedians. This week on the show, I've got on fellow slutcaster Courtney Kosak. She's the co-host of a great show, Private Parts Unknown, and like me, is a uh, fellow funny OnlyFans hoe. I'm looking forward to sharing my conversation with her about selling nudes and breakups and marriage proposals in just a little bit. Uh, but first, uh, this is cool news. Shout out to one of you out there who sent me a screenshot on Instagram. Uh, Apple Podcasts just released their Pride collection for 2022. It's a hand curated list of podcasts and podcast episodes, you know, that celebrate uh, the, the queer things, right? It's Pride, it's June. Were they three weeks late in releasing it? Sure, but who cares? Well, folks, Apple Podcasts included one of our episodes in the Pride 2022 collection. Holy shit. They had a little section of episodes about ballroom culture and pose. So uh, they super fucking highlighted uh, episode 419 of the Man Whore Podcast with Ricky Tucker. Yeah, y'all might remember him. He he had that he has that book out. It's called And the Category Is Exploring, you know, New York City's ballroom scene. If you use Apple Podcasts on your iOS device, go check out the Pride Collection. Uh, you know, hey, check out episode 419 of this show again or check out one of uh, the many awesome queer positive podcasts that they are uh, highlighting this month. 
saw uh you know past man whore podcast guest carolyn bergier who uh she co-hosts diking out they got featured in there shout out to carolyn and co so yeah that was pretty cool folks are we uh we're slowly returning to the era of show dates show dates july 11th in new york city i will be at gold sound bar uh that's in bushwick off the morgan l stop 8 p.m show come on out for some free comedy a good time say hello but more imminently, not a stand-up date, but this Thursday, June 23rd, 10 p.m. Eastern, folks, we are having our very first hot, ooh, spicy, hot movie night. All of my Patreon members have access to the Fan Whores Only viewing channel in the Champagne Room. And on Thursday night, I will be streaming for us the hit 1972 adult film, Deep Throat. What, you never watched porn with your friends before? Pfft, come on. Lame. Join us, uh, you know, to crack some jokes, to eat some popcorn. Quote, unquote, enjoy the film. Come join our uh, group movie watching experience. Become a member of the Patreon. Support the podcast that you love at patreon.com slash Podcast. After you join up on Patreon, make sure you have a created account on Discord to join the Champagne Room. Even if you're not a Patreon member, you can join us in the Champagne Room to discuss a slew of topics. From kink to sex toy recommendations, parenting advice, politics, gaming, and more. So again, for the Patreon, the link is patreon.com slash Podcast. For the Discord server to join the Champagne Room. You can join that for free at manwhorepod.com slash discord. And Thursday night, fan whores, turn your mics and cameras on or off to your comfort level and let's watch some deep fucking throat. Together. Like pervs. Oh, I love you guys too. One of those members, by the way, I want to give a shout out to right now. Shout out to John Wurzler. Fan whore appreciation moment just for you, bud. Congratulations on trying some new stuff. I don't want to give too many details and like outcha or nothing, but I'm wishing you the best of luck and I'm going to respond to your email soon. All right, buddy. Hey, okay. Thanks for supporting me on Patreon, buddy. And thanks for supporting the show. Maybe I'll see you Thursday night for a hot movie night. But anyways, folks, this week's guest, Courtney Kosak. I did, uh, I did her podcast, Private Parts Unknown, years back, and she, well, as you heard in the teaser up top, she she was part of a corral of co- female comedians who, uh, in June 2020, offered up nudes to raise money for the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, that's one way to use privilege. She ended up raising like 40 grand, holy fuck. You are going to hear a bit up top about my breakup with Wallet Note Lady because we recorded this uh, a week after the breakup is one of those like delayed releases. And clearly it was on my mind. But we'll get past the Wallet Note Lady stuff soon enough and learn a whole lot more about Courtney Kosak. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Beducated the masterclass site for making others or yourself come. Well, they do focus on other things besides, you know, making folks come. But you get the idea. This is an insanely useful website. I've used it myself to up my sexual techniques. 
We're all trying to burst out of quarantine. We're all getting comfortable touching and fucking and sucking again. And you know what? Some of us might be a little bit rusty and that is okay. Some of us may want to burst back out onto the dating marketplace with some new marketable skills, so to speak. And Beducated.com is the best place to do it. I love their video courses using real sex educators, not just some voiceover and a diagram. They got real sex educators, oftentimes using real models, oftentimes using nude models so you can really see how to put these techniques to use. And Beducated.com, they are back offering a great deal to Fanhor Nation, 40% off their annual membership. That brings the cost of the annual membership down to $9.99 a month, and that price is locked in for life. You gain access to their entire library of all their video courses and modules and resources and articles. And you get all that for just $9.99 a month with the annual membership, but only, only if you use promo code MANHOR at checkout. Oh, and by the way, if you already have a monthly membership at Beducated.com, okay, if you already signed up in the past for the monthly and you want to enjoy switching to the annual membership and get that 40% off locked in for life, uh, they will honor the promo code MANHOR, but you do have to email them to let them know. That's just a little postscript that I got from uh, from Viviana over there, okay? So if you want to take advantage of the deal, but you got to go from monthly to annual, shoot them an email, tell them the Man Whore Podcast sent you, they will hook you up. Up your sex and dating game today at Beducated, B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D.com and use promo code MANHORE. Now let's get to the show. Oh, breakups. <laughs> I was ter. I think I told you this, but I was like so bad at break. I have tr- historically been terrible at breakups. Yeah, you sent me links. You were like, "Oh, I was like, oh, she's professionally bad at breakups." <laughs> I'm professionally bad, <laughs> as evidenced by this essay in the L.A. Times, <laughs> Washington Post. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. When your your breakups get amazing press, apparently. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I need to do a whole book. Yeah. <laughs> Is it was it was it weird to listen to that knowing we were about to chat? No, no. I I wanted to catch up with you a little bit. I was like, let's see what's going on with Billy. And then I was like, oh no. <laughs> you feel For the third the time up? though? The third breakup with the same person? Yeah. You know, my parents separated and got back together five times before they oh. actually like did the divorce. So this feels almost genetic but it's not like i'm the one breaking up get back. like each time i get dumped i go like i guess i'm dumped and then she kind of creeps back in or or dangles out this like possibility and even in this latest one i was like look if you if you figure this what you out what you want like maybe you call me months from now not days from now mind uh-huh. you i've gotten two missed calls already but like months from now <laughs> You figure you figure out what you want. If I'm part of that, you want to grab call, like you have my number. But you gotta leave You're me alone. You're giving her the blueprint, though. Yeah, it has to. I know. Here's the thing. It also breakups were became or like breaking up and getting back together became part of like my romantic story I told myself about like it can work and it can be this like beautiful thing and you know and then I just became too open to that in a way where it never could work because we never got enough distance and it was Mm -hmm. never like you know 
the actual being apart for long enough to appreciating the person. It was like, oh, no, this is part of our romantic story, which is so fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you jump back to trying to get back together to solve the temporary immediate pain instead of doing the delta change that is required. I got a bunch of these like unread text messages and Instagram DMs and, and an email. And this is all since Saturday. Whenever people listen to this, I don't know when it will be, but I I have to not respond. I have to let that change happen over there and take care of me and heal over here. Totally. Because that's how I just digested I it with my therapist great. five minutes before we got on mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fresh out of therapy uh, talking to you right now. <laughs> Sounding really sane. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, thank, thank you for the sanity check. Courtney Kosak, hey, fellow... Uh, fellow sex podcaster and right. only fans ho mind you i've heard yes <laughs> uh you know what, what was the, I, I know you're in a long-term relationship right now but what was your last breakup like breakup okay so i've been in my uh relationship for five and a half years Mazel. um yeah thank you um and prior to that Actually, the worst breakup that I've been through recently was a friend breakup that I went through like the first year of my relationship with my boyfriend. And it was actually more brutal in some ways than romantic breakups. But that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> a friend breakup? You did like a formal friend breakup? Uh, Yeah, we just like it was scorched earth. It was it wasn't like a, an official break. It was like very clear that a breakup had happened. <laughs> Why such scorched earth? Um, what they do? They. <laughs> I think it was just you know, um, it was like a late twenties, early thirties friendship where it was almost like we just filled a lot of gaps in each other's lives. We were like very. It was a very close, intimate relationship, and I think especially when friendships are like that, then when they go wrong, you know, there's like. It's so much more painful than, I don't know. It's like one of the closest people in your lives, in some ways, Mm. even closer than a romantic partner. Prior to that, I was a messy ass breakup uh, person. And that was probably like six, seven years ago was my last one. And I just like would get addicted to the whatever story I told myself about the Mm. relationship. Like we were just talking about before. We start you, like you don't understand him. It's no, no, no. But it's like this. And you're like, you're constantly trying to validate to friends who are concerned about you. Right. right? You're trying to constantly be like, no, 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 but it's okay. It's, but it's okay because of this and that when at, then they go like, Hey, it's been a year of you trying to justify a bunch of things. Tell me it's all one thing. Yeah, no, totally. And I would just, you know, if I got a dick, if I got if I was too attached to like the future that I saw with that person, then it was so hard to let it go and to actually start over. Mm. And then, and I couldn't do that. So I would just like keep myself available for them or, um, try to create the scenario under which we could get back together. And so I did that with, with probably two or three serious relationships and then a couple Mm. smaller ones. And then I was like, okay, you're done. And that's actually how I met my current partner was I was, 
I could feel myself like reenacting this thing and mm. I had broken up with this guy and then I was trying to get back together and it was just messy. He had a girlfriend. Wait, now why do you, why you break up and then you, cause this is what, this is what I'm experiencing is you break, you do the breaking up and then you also want to get, be the one to get back together. Well, I broke up with him. I, in not all the scenarios was I the person. Sure. It, typically, I was getting dumped. But with how this much do you guy, think it matters who's doing the dumping? Mm, it depends more like why. Mm. Well, because, why? Why? Where are some of the reasons you've been dumped in the past? Um, that's a good question for my exes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you thought about maybe starting like I don't know a podcast where you talk to your exes and ask? <laughs> What happened? Um, it's a great idea. It's it's very popular these days. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, I know. So I broke up with this last guy, this fuck boy, because I wanted him to stop fucking other people and like realize that I was the person. Mm-hmm. So that one I was in control of. But I think my um, one of the other guys, a comedian, I broke up with him uh, so many times prior, it was just like a bad dynamic that finally he broke up with me and he was like, there, that's the medicine you deserve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, what are you, what are some of like, you know, you said you've uh, gone through a lot of breakups and you know, what are some of the things you do after a breakup to self soothe? I think I would be a lot better at this today. I think what you should do is like, go get a massage, mm. like, do really nice self-care, work out a lot. That's actually a great thing that you can do. You can get your body so banging <laughs> after a breakup. Are you doing that right now, Billy? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's been, I, I have not been in the gym about a week and a half. Yeah. But I do know so many people are like, I'm going to get revenge hot. I'm going to yes. get so hot. They're going to miss this body. I'm going to get, oh, I'm going to get the the OnlyFans body back or whatever. And then I found out apparently me being fluffy is the OnlyFans body. Uh, that's not a good motivation. <laughs> Billy, don't lose too much weight. You'll lose the donk. Ah. <laughs> is that what your your fans are obsessed with? Uh, some of them are. I got, I got one guy who I, I made his nickname Butt Guy because that's just all he cares about. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, working out is like meditating a little bit, right? Uh At least it is for me. So I can blow off all that steam and those messy feelings and, and get hot in the process. I mean, Mm -hmm. win, win. When you're reaching out to try to get back together with people, whether you did the dumping or not, um, in all these attempts to like, kind of make something that isn't working, trying to make it work again. Do you like, how self-aware are you of what's happening? Um, probably not very. I mean, I like this is it's almost a version of myself that I'm not acquainted with anymore. I feel like Mm. because it's been so long and I've had enough distance and perspective from that to be like, that is not how it works. Like at all to the point where like, I don't know if I, if we like actually went through the, and I've been with my boyfriend for, like I said, almost six years now. Mm -hmm. So if we went through like all the steps to get to the point where it was like a serious breakup, I think I'd be like, no, we have to stay broken up for, for hopefully, I mean, maybe forever, but like for at least, you know, six months to a year minimum, I'm not even going to talk to you. Yeah. 
I'm 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 like that too. I'm like no contact. I need to recover yes. first. Like the first breakup, we we start texting again like the next week, and that's partially my fault. I was sub posting a lot, and then we started talking again like days later. Second breakup, you know she she's contacting me right after. We're saying like she made a mistake. She wants to get back together, and I was like I need time to heal. So I took like weeks to heal. And now I'm like, well, now I'm going to need months to heal. Like I'm just. Okay. So wait, can I ask a couple questions about this? And I Please. got some of it from the other, um, from listening, but so she broke up with you because she says you have anger issues. It was like one of the things that was listed, but at the same time, it gets a thing. She also acknowledges there's been growth and change on like measurable, demonstrable change since it first was raised. So it's not like there was a fucking psycho incident. You scared the shit out of me. Like you need. There was one in November where I was scary, but not physically. Like I didn't punch anybody or the Uh wall. It just was like a really long, dragged out, angry, broken fight that went to like, you know, six in the morning Mm -hmm. um, after after a play party. Um. So, but no, there's no like kind of situation. No, I I don't really get jealous very very easily or very much, and and when I do, I'm pretty good at handling it. She was having a lot of struggles with me with other people. Uh. Um, but no, that fight was just a whole big blow up, and you know, I it was really it was really it was scary to me because like it's a side of myself that I don't see often, uh, but it's a side of myself that scares me because like I don't hit anyone. But the idea of not being in control that or feeling out of control is scary. It's why I don't do certain like really hard drugs. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth if I'm like fucked up on, you know, if I do acid, I'm like, I don't know what secrets I'm going to reveal. <laughs> the secrets of the universe, bro. <laughs> I, I, I wish. I'm nervous it's going to be something in my soul I didn't want anyone to know. Uh, or, or. Like I, the idea of not being as in control of your body, I'm like, I don't know. I, but you're still responsible for your actions. Right. So my way of taking responsibility for those potential actions is just not doing the hallucinogenic in the first place to mm-hmm. prevent such things from happening. Um, but no, it's not like there was like these series of like Billy's punching holes in wall or putting his hands on her or something like that. Just there were a lot of, there were a lot of like panic, nervous fights. She's just a really, She's a really anxious person. She's out of a 12-year relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and marriage uh, that she's still not over. And so I think, you know, and I met her a week after she left her husband. So how long have you been seeing each other total? Uh, May 23rd would have been our one-year anniversary. Oh, shit. Well, maybe she just needs a little time to get over her other partner. And then maybe you could start again. But I love them. Such a dangerous sentence, people say. Yeah. <laughs> why, so why'd you why'd you drive? Tell us about the driving over at whatever hour. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Well, probably my first like psycho breakup. I take that back. But first recent psycho breakup. Um, I he moved. We lived together in this building, and he moved upstairs. And across the hall, I could hear his toilet flush. So it was torture to live in that building and come home and I could like see when he was there and when he wasn't and whatever. And I just, yeah. So I had to, I wound up getting a gig as a a property manager and I moved, you know, 
like several blocks away. But anyway, with him, I had a couple times, at least once, uh, that I remember where I drove over there in the middle of the night and was like, just so like, couldn't believe that the breakup had been, was happening and how it was going do- down and like knocked on his door. One time he wasn't there. One time he let me in. How long did you stay outside n- until you realized he wasn't even there though? <laughs> <laughs> Probably like 10. Oh. I have no concept. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so sad. I know. I look back now and I'm like, it, tragic god get a grip <laughs> um i also begged one of my essays is about begging this guy to get back together with me that was my last one so so but this is how it worked out for me so i uh begged this guy to get back in a relationship with me after he'd already told me he had another girlfriend and yada yada so but anyway i stayed at his place and we were like sort of making out and snuggling And I went home, yelled at him uh, on the phone on my way to this appointment, was yelling at him the next morning, and I got pulled over for a phone ticket in LA by this cop. And I just kept him on the line and was still like begging him to be in a relationship with me. Cop didn't show you any mercy. He was just like, it was just pathetic. He was like, ma'am, do you want to get off the phone? And I was like, no. (laughs) Were you just like, white lady tears usually help in these situations. What's wrong? (laughs) He was like, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, But no, my current boyfriend, I texted right after that because I was like, I cannot get stuck on this guy. And so I texted him and was just like, I messaged him on on Tinder and was like, hey, you want to get a drink soon? And we went out that night and it was awesome. And we didn't start dating like exclusively for, you know, six weeks or whatever, but Mm. it wound up being my current partner. (laughs) Hey. And so I guess, how did you finally fade out? How'd you get off of that roller coaster? I decided, um, and I wasn't perfect about this because I did... You know, like I texted that guy that I had begged to be with me a couple weeks later. And like, so I didn't put it to bed all at one time. But I did tell myself after having gone through up this pattern multiple times with other people, I was like, okay, you got to stop telling yourself this story about how it's going to end. And like whatever the like romantic construct that you've developed with yourself and this other person, because like I, you know. I'm an ambitious, goal-oriented person. And so if I get – I'm like imagining later stages of a relationship with this person, it becomes like the story that I'm telling myself. Right. So that was the big addiction that I had to kill for myself of just being like, okay, no, you don't know how the story ends. <laughs> I know you think you want to know mm-hmm. or you know, you think you want to like direct this, but you really don't. Because then you're not not fighting to be back together. You're fighting for this thing that doesn't exist in some faraway future, you know, and that's like, no, it becomes bigger and it doesn't matter that this isn't actually working because I must fight for this over there, which I relate to. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing. You're trying to play the other person's hand too. you Mm -hmm. know, when it's like you're you're trying to manifest or like determine this outcome with someone else. It's like. You're you're totally obsessed with whatever 
they're you're trying to play their hand and like you can't ultimately control it. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you try to control it, I feel like that's when it really backfires. And that's what makes it like where you're you even if you were a good match with that person, just like getting into that dynamic with them where that's happening is just bad. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, like trying to play their hand and you can't can only play your own cards. You can hope they play them a certain way, but like you can't rely on it. You can only do you like I can only take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I can hope X, Y and Z is going to happen over there. But like these are the cards I got and this is what I got to play and I got to do what's what's best for me and what's what's healing for me. Um, So you you start dating your current fella as you were like getting over this fuck boy and like at what point were was that just in the rearview mirror and you transferred over to like this right in front of you um i had a really amazing date with my current partner first date like probably the best first date you like saying partner on. you don't you don't do boyfriend you like partner um i like boyfriend i i don't know we like might get married it's pretty serious i don't know i yeah. just came out of my <laughs> mouth i guess whatever um, i was just curious <laughs> um he i don't i didn't think of it like that it was going to be have some you know permanent outcome or anything like that when we started dating even mm-hmm. though it was awesome right away I didn't see it for that. I told my friend, like, he's going to be Sophia. I was, who's my podcast co-host. I was like, he's going to be awesome for somebody else. So I didn't think, you know, it was going to work out like that. And then just slowly he was like, you're a comet, you know, like he's like, you, you take off, but I always know you're going to like come back around. And that's how it was for a little bit where I would just, you know, be working on work stuff or going out with other people or whatever. And I wouldn't, see him that often but he he was so like reliable and he showed up and he like wanted to do little shit for me like hang up bulletin boards and like whiteboards to help with my writing and he just like cared about that and I was like that is really hard to find someone that is going to support you on your stupid little artist path (laughs) (laughs) Not stupid little artist path, but also that like he's fine. Sound like he was fine being in that stage where he's like, I know you're going to go off, be with other people and he didn't care because y'all are monogamous now, right? We are. I really liked that there wasn't really pressure associated with that. I mean, we did lock it down, you know, like six weeks later or something. So it wasn't like we were forever in that place, but he wasn't trying to like pressure me into any sort of commitment, which I have realized in the last few years, like maybe I am the person with commitment issues in previous situations. I'm not saying other partners didn't have that too, Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes um, I didn't realize like my own capacity for being afraid of commitment and and even like with the only fan stuff like he's very chill about me having a sex podcast he's very chill about me like wanting to be an exhibitionist on my only fans and like mm. all that stuff is really valuable to me yeah what in retrospect what were some of the the warning signs that maybe you're the one with commitment issues um well i I guess I was always – well, like the, with the boyfriend that I kept breaking up with until ultimately he broke up with me. Like 
you know, I was trying to like control uh, the situation through those little breakups, me breaking up with them. That's like clearly my own commitment stuff. So I just, yeah, but I hadn't really pieced it together. Mm. And, uh, and, and what do you like about this fella? The current guy? I think that... Uh, current guy, the partner, the almost fiancé. However you want to refer to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he. His name is Wade. Um, Your future tax codependent. Oh, I don't like the idea of um, being money-related, but whatever. Are y'all not mixing finances? Have y'all had that talk, I imagine? I mean, he has way more money than me, so <laughs> I shouldn't be resistant, but, uh, but I do like just staying in our lanes with our own money. Um, uh, I, yeah, I think on the commitment tip too, like I hate the idea of getting divorced and it's not because my parents, my parents are still together and they're very happy, but I almost feel like they set up, they were like too good of an example. It's like, how can I live up to that relationship? Mm. You know what I mean? Are your parents still together? Uh, no, they uh, they they got divorced like right after I graduated college, but it took eight years and like five yeah, separations. Yeah, it was wild. Like like initially, my dad did not know how to like you know decorate a new place, but by the time by the time they got divorced, like that dude knew how to set up a one bedroom <laughs> apartment in Fort Lee. You know, like he knew where that frame thing goes. He knows which cat. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Do you think that? going through that like with them that's for sure like imprinted onto your own relationship i mean i don't want it to be i just it has been my history unfortunately like uh my xp uh that was three breakups uh shay was three breakups this uh my ex before this one uh miss giggles that i dumped her twice before it stuck uh, and then this one, yeah, this is the third time I've been dumped. And even then, there's still this like weird back door where it's like maybe if all these things line up together, if we give Thanos the time stone, maybe it'll work out down. Interesting. Down. Oh my and god, you like, have a huge pattern. Yeah, I mean, I don't want it to be, but yeah, uh, hey, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, the Shea one was different because that was like a three month of the that relationship was three months. That's three month relationship. Three breakups felt like three years, and that. But with P, that was an almost two year relationship, and yeah, those breakups were really tough um, because somebody always was like, "This doesn't." F-. That was what it would be. The breakup would happen, and then somebody would say to somebody, usually she to me would say, "Like this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. This feels wrong. Like this feels like it's a fight, but not what we're supposed to break up over." Type of stuff. And that kind of would rope me back in because I'd be like, I mean, I didn't want to break up when you broke up with me. So now you're inviting me back in. I come in and now I'm realizing like I'm being invited on and and almost traumatically kicked off a roller coaster over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's just like the worst Disneyland experience you'll ever have. So imagine if they kept like kicking you off the ride, but then actually, no, no, come back and you get excited to get back on the ride. And then they're like, "Mm, get off. And it's like, what? just which one? Like, (laughs) I just want to know where I'm going. It's tough. I don't know. Sorry. You're also getting very raw. Uh, it, it hasn't even been a full week yet. It'll be a week in a few hours. Like it's, yeah. I think you're yeah. doing the right stuff. Just like <laughs> keep keep up the no contact. That's the only way to go. But onto your, but back to your your way happier relationship than my sad breakup. <laughs> what what is it you like about this guy? 
Um, he, I think I can just be kind of my full person. Yeah. He, he's, he's super cute. I love fucking him, but it's not like, I feel like the things that you think that you're going to be attracted to when you're younger or that you are attracted to, at least for me in like earlier relationships, it's like, don't matter as much in, in adult long-term relationships it's like is this person fun to do stupid shit like go to target with yes okay that is a good partner you know what Mm -hmm. i mean versus like is he is this the hottest guy ever or like i I don't know i just those little kind of things start to matter a lot more the abs matter less to you at some point yeah (laughs) the abs aren't even on my scale (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and, and you're thinking that this might become like a married situation. Yeah. Well, we've been living together for like five years. We started living together probably six months in. And so, so what are you waiting for? Pop the question, Courtney. No, I'm, I'm not proposing. No, we do have my grandma's <laughs> ring. Um, my, this is horrible. My brother, um, proposed to his their uh soon to be wife they're getting married this summer but then i found out that he did it with this my grandma's ring but they were gonna take it apart and like make a different ring out of it and i was like what like this i would want this (laughs) so i basically had to (laughs) my brother's soon to be wife is like had to give back the ring (laughs) Oh, Courtney. <laughs> I, know, I know we're paying them. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> they were going to ruin it anyway. I was like, I would just wear this. No changes. So oh, oh. <laughs> I had you a minor You want to be proposed fit. to? Um, yeah, I. Me too. I don't, you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've made that very well known in every serious relationship I've been in. <laughs> Why? Oh, God. It, sound, it seems awesome. Like I would love a, I, I I specifically want like a flash mob surprise like proposal. And here's the other thing: I'm not gonna do this whole we've negotiated getting married before it happens thing. Like, there's got to be. I think wedding proposals where like you've already agreed you're getting married, and then someone's got to do this big song and dance. It's bullshit. There should be like a five percent <laughs> chance someone could say no. Like you basically agreed to it without agreeing to it. You have talked about it in concept. And then it's like, yeah, fucking roll the dice. Philly relationships are not extreme sports. What? <laughs> You're like, oh. if there's no adrenaline, I'm not in. <laughs> well, then, then, then where's the then? What's the point of the proposal in and of itself? So me, I don't know. I want I want that viral <laughs> flashback. If everyone ever has seen, I think it's uh, Isaac's flash mob. He, pl- he plays Mar- Bruno Mars, marry you, and puts her in the back of like this like minivan and he got like the whole block to like do this whole choreographed thing. Oh, it was wonderful. I cry every time. And I'm like, I want that to be me. I want to be sitting in the back of the minivan watching all my friends and family do a big choreographed number. And at the end, like it parts and she's walking up to me. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. I love that for you. (laughs) Everyone I've ever, anyone I've dated seriously, I have shown them at least a few, uh, viral flash mob videos where I'd be like, hi, I want to be proposed to. This is like the gold standard, but I'll also settle for just like you doing something in a restaurant. But like I, yeah, it's I, I, I want to be on the receiving end of that. 
and like and i want i the type of woman i would want to marry is going to be the type of woman who would like be really excited to do that like not someone who like feels heartbroken they're not getting proposed to but someone who's all like fuck yeah i'll be the one to propose that's that's who i would fall in love with anyway i love that (laughs) i don't I know I totally get why you think it's not romantic to like have predetermined all the details of it but I will say as it's becoming a closer and closer possibility I'm like don't do this like when I look like trash <laughs> like don't pick up pick the right moment don't do yeah. it when I like yeah just we're gonna have to take look at these pictures forever and I just look like a monster please that's not the moment <laughs> Um, how, how, what's, what's your ideal marriage proposal? Um, I, I have never really dreamed about or thought about this stuff before. So it's so funny to talk about it now. Um, I think it's going to happen on this trip to go to my brother's wedding. Mm. So, and I'm okay with that. I don't have to show up the brother's wedding. He had some hesitations about that, but I feel like my family's like, God, we've been waiting so long. Just whenever you do it, that would be great. Because I said to my mom, like, oh, you know, we thought about doing it on the trip, but, you know, we don't want to steal Matt's thunder. And she was like, oh, no, that's (laughs) that sounds great. You should just do it then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is there a way you want him to do it? Um, No. I just, like I said, don't want to look like trash okay. and um, really like the, like if I were going to do it, the, what I said would be the most important thing, you know, like I'd write it and like have that be like a really like cornerstone of just like a beautiful little soliloquy, but um, I don't really care. It would be nice if he said some sweet stuff about me and our relationship, but it doesn't really matter. You gonna cry? I I, I mean I probably will. I I just this is not I, I am excited to get married, but only because I feel like we have we're basically already there. Mm-hmm. Like we just live like that already. He's already not- your favorite OnlyFans director, you know. <laughs> let's let's lock him down to a lifelong contract of filming your nudes. I truly think one of the best parts about him is just how like supportive and chill he is with all my stuff. Like when we went to Tokyo for private parts unknown and I texted him that, you know, we want, we're going to get happy ending massages. He was like, okay, have fun. (laughs) I'm like, that's a winner. That's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, and, and, but, but also didn't, wasn't down for the non-monogamy. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I could negotiate it if, if I really wanted. And like, I'm not going to say there's never going to be like, we're never going to go to Amsterdam and like do it that together or, you know, like that there could definitely be something like that, but it's hasn't been a priority to, you know, have a relationship with non-monogamy thus far, aside from my little happy ending massage and shit like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, so with, with OnlyFans, uh, that, there's been this trend, especially the last couple of years, where a lot of comics, most of them really cute, attractive female comics, but then also sometimes uh, doughy, kind of adorable dude comics uh, <laughs> start getting OnlyFans. 
tell us, tell me a little bit about like why you started an OnlyFans and like what led into that decision. Like, what was the thoughts leading up to it? When did you first get curious? Totally. So, um, after George Floyd's uh, murder, you're like, I need to honor his memory. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. That sounds like a weird place to start, but um, I did. A thing where I on Twitter was like, hey, if you donate 50 bucks and you send me your receipt, it has to be legit. I was like a real stickler Mm. about it. Um, You know, if you send me that, I'll send you like a tit pick or whatever. Um, And I wound up raising. I want to say I have a spreadsheet that says, but like close to $40,000. Shut the like, fuck up. It was so much money. I could not believe it. It was a little baby part I of helped, you. Like I helped them buy that BLM mansion. Oh my God. Wow. 40,000. How much? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, sur- was no, surpri- it was no joke. Like um, Sam Mowry also did it and some other. Um, people that I know that are LA comics also were doing that kind of thing. But yeah, it was, it was like a shit ton of money. You all found out like, wow, all these like thirsty dude comics have way more money than we thought they had. (laughs) 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 You're like the Chris Halls. Yeah. Him too. Whoa. He has more. Plus I feel like pandemic vibes too. It was like, we were all so thirsty for interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and that was kind of like a thrilling mode of interaction you know, aside from like, I obviously wanted to help the cause, which is why I initially did it. But there were, but it was just fun too to kind of, even though it took like that, there was like a week or so where I was basically just constantly DMing people nude pics of me <laughs> or like tit pics or whatever. And uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know. And I loved getting feedback on the photos and, um, OnlyFans was also having a moment around that time. So I was like, oh, maybe I want to do it this way. And um, when I started my OnlyFans, I was also donating like a a large percentage of it to BLM as well. Mm. And then I wound up just like keeping it because uh, I really enjoyed doing it. I, I like love doing photo shoots and that kind of thing anyway. So, and I have always had a fantasy, like I really want to be on Playboy. I'm still trying yeah. to make it happen hey. <laughs> in my old age. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It just, it was like, and being in a relationship with my partner for close to six years, like you do feel a monogamous relationship. Um. There is like a little bit of your flirtatious side or whatever that you like don't get to explore as much. And so it was like a really fun outlet for me to have. And it was awesome that my partner was just chill with me doing it. And and it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't even do anything super wild on my OnlyFans. But, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh, my God, I've made over $15,000 or whatever for like just this it's nice same i i'm just, i'm just like whoa really yeah wow it is i i do like the it's an interesting thing to think about cuz i'm like i wonder if i was younger mm. and i would have had this like what 
you know, there's a lot more time, right? I, I, there's less mature. I would have had less maturity Mm -hmm. and a lot more time to like, maybe do things I regret, but I don't know. I'm just curious what it would have been like, because I love the movement of it. Like, I love that people are able to have the agency to sell whatever form of sex work they feel comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. so like, I love the idea of OnlyFans. And sometimes I like get in these hypotheticals of like, I wonder, yeah, what it would have been like if I had this. a different route? Yeah, truly. (laughs) Ended up on that Playboy cover. Yeah, probably more likely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, do you self shoot or does he shoot you or do you have uh, somebody you collaborate with who shoots you? Um, I usually just bank a bunch of content at the same time. And then, but really, I mean, like, are you setting up your shots by yourself and you're like self clicking or do you have somebody coming in like take photos? So, So typically I will either do like a body paint shoot or some other shoot at like a studio in downtown LA or something Mm -hmm. like that. Or like I go to the body paint guy's house and he does some videos while he's doing it. And then he, you know, takes pics as well. And Mm -hmm. so I'll bank a bunch of content at the same time from those kind of more like um, intentional shoots. And then I'll also just, you know, occasionally video myself in the shower or they really love that like casual day-to-day stuff where I'm like why don't you like it when I'm like my prettiest and like but you well because you seem like someone who doesn't do quote-unquote porn so it's like that you're actually like somebody that could be like a neighbor that they might perv on or something as opposed to someone who is like extra done up and very porny looking or porny acting um no I get I definitely get the the appeal of that for sure do you remember when you first started feeling these urges of exhibitionism Oh my God. This is funny because I'm during the pandemic, I wrote a draft of an essay collection that I'm working on. Mm. And uh, this has been with me for a long time. I, <laughs> I was one of the scenes in the essay collection is like, I'm at the bay window of our house. I grew up in Minnesota and I'm like stripping. I think what's I a just bay window? A bay window is like a big window. Um, okay that has i think i'm using that right like is there like a because i didn't like a bay body of water i bay window yeah it's like got three three panes of glass you know what i mean that's like a three-part window anyway um (laughs) little education interior design yeah um but i was stripping in front of this window and there's like neighbor kids outside watching i think i had just seen pretty woman or something something that I, young like oh okay four or five oh very okay. young everyone, everyone has a very different image now wow okay <laughs> no, anybody, i know anybody else worried about the fbi busting in right now cool great okay <laughs> listen i yeah no i this is not to get you horny but this is what i was doing when i was like well, I, th- four I thought years this old. was a more adult version of you or maybe a college version of you No. So it started very young. And I remember like feeling sexual Uh as a kid. I don't know. I think everybody starts at their own place. But anyway, so I had always loved the idea of sex work forever, as long as I can remember. And I 
um, you know, I think just wanting to do Playboy and all that kind of stuff like went along do with you, it. Like, I mean, how old were you when you thought like, I would like to be in Playboy? Um, as long as I can remember. I mean, wow. truly. Yeah. And, and have you ever like unpacked like what that was about? What the thrill of it was for you? I think it's, I think, well, I think just exhibitionism in general, mm. like I love the idea of being watched mm. or someone, you know, um, that kind of adoration that comes with it. And, um, I mean, I've definitely had awkward stages, so maybe it has something to do with that or I, I don't know. Mm. I feel like if you felt like an ugly duckling and then the, you experience the flip of that you're like oh this is amazing and then just the way that our society like rewards beauty i feel like is kind of probably why a lot of women have that have you ever explored your exhibitionism in your adult sexual life like have you had sex in front of other people or had someone come watch you Um, were you and sophia in the same room for the happy ending (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I honestly, I, I might have been okay with that. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, I used to have this thing um, where I wanted to have sex in public all the time yeah. or like in parking lots or at the airport or truly wherever. <laughs> so I'm less like that now just because I'm, you know, a fucking grown up and I'm like, I want to have sex where it's comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but I still Whatever. like the idea of Grown it. up. Okay. <laughs> Calling us childish over here. <laughs> I mean, less of a thing over the years for sure. Sure. I think as you get older, you get more worried about getting arrested. Yeah, that's not a concern for me. It just doesn't have I'm just like, oh, the logistics of it aren't as aren't as good. But if someone was just like you know, like with photo shoots or whatever, like I would get naked almost anywhere. God bless you for it. Um, <laughs> I I share a similar attitude uh, for better or for worse. Uh, I remember one time, I think I was like 22, 23. And like some dude I met through comedy, he was like entering, I guess the UCB used to have some sort of dirty sketch contest. So he wrote oh. some sort of dirty sketch where somewhere in it, a homeless man, a naked homeless man comes out and like starts chugging milk. And he asked me to do, he asked if I wanted to do that role in the sketch, which would have been live in front of an audience. He, Cause he, I was at the time, the only guy he'd known who was like, okay, being naked in front of other people. <sighs> Not because I'm funny, not because I look the right part. He's like, he's the only one who's willing to probably have his dick out. So I'll ask him. Really? That'll yeah. <laughs> I used to do the naked comedy show because it was the only like it was the only show in college I could get booked on without bringing people. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, sure, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, have you maybe gotten a request or had an interaction that like made you think about things? Well, I did get some the the funny part about um cuz OnlyFans is mostly anonymous, right? right? Like you unless the person's like I'm Patrick Smith or whatever the fuck, like you don't know who the person is. Yeah. But when I was doing that um like one-to-one sales, not even sales, but where I would give them the nudie pic, it mm-hmm. would be like people that I knew Absolutely. messaging me. Right. And so what was hilarious was 
some people that I'd worked with before or like a family friend that I did not think was going to hit me up were definitely like, uh, hey, so here's my receipt. And I was like, okay, well, here's the pictures. How'd you feel about the family friend one? I thought it was so funny because, yeah, it's, I don't want to give anything away about this person, but, but they're like a person with kids and like I knew have their wife. Sin- have you seen and them since? Yeah, they, they, this, they've invited me and my partner to a party, <laughs> a couple parties. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, that's so funny. I had no idea you wanted to see me naked, but here you go. <laughs> I mean, Cordy, most of the people who know you probably want to see you naked. Like I, I would imagine you know that. But it's just funny that like, yeah, no, we're just good. I don't know. I like to think that he's trying to be like, um, here's my receipt. It's for the cause. It's for totally. the cause. You know, Some I people didn't... were like, you know, if you want to or not or whatever. So I would have to like parse out if I thought they really wanted me to send the pictures. And then some women too sent me, which no, you know, whatever, happy to send. Yeah. But I couldn't tell if they were like just trying to be nice or they really wanted the pictures. So I would send them like they something. They all wanted not... the picture. If they were being nice, they would just donate they would they went they wouldn't they wouldn't dm you a receipt they would just be like they would just oh i should donate 50 dollars to to blm they'd be like i mean you know if i get to see her tits i guess i guess george floyd deserves this so i don't know maybe i'll start i'm gonna start donating i'm just gonna start dedicating dick pics to mass shootings be like this one's for buffalo Well, um, but I imagine you're, do you see an end in sight for your OnlyFans or do you uh, think you'll be doing that for a while? Um, I it's it's interesting because, you know, like I want to write for TV. I've done a little bit of that, but I like would like to do a lot more. And mm-hmm. so you think about yourself a little bit as like a brand in a way, you know, I hate that, but yeah, w- whatever. You have to think about yourself um, in hireable terms sometimes. And so I think I've done a really good job of <laughs> kind of like splitting my image in a way that works. Like I have the sex podcast. I don't post a ton about my OnlyFans on my main profiles. Mm-hmm. I kind of have like separate profiles for that. And um, I don't feel like it, there's any sort of urgency to me quitting I'm sure. like, I have a wholesome, it was so funny. I met up with, uh, Gustavo, um, who's like a ri- porn writer the Gustavo other day. Gustavo Turner? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, on your wholesome page, I saw this, yada, yada. But I was like, that is kind of how it is. You know, <laughs> I, I do, it is, they are divided in a way where I think it kind of works and, and because of that, like I said, I don't feel like any urgency, like I need to turn this thing off or I need to like figure out a rebrand. It's like people kind of meet me where they want to meet me. And if that includes my like Coco Peep Show account, so be it, you know? Coco Peep Show. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but do you really think, I mean, I feel like the pandemic, if anything, so many people got into either the casual nude sending or like full on OnlyFans stuff. I mean, do you really think in entertainment that's going to, unless you're trying to do Disney, do you really think that's going to be a deal breaker moving forward with so many people from Bella Thorne to 
an aspiring actress selling some nudes? I that's a really good question. And like I if I had my brothers, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> it would like like if I got to pick, it doesn't matter. You know what okay. I mean? And like I try to promote as much sex positivity as I can and destigmatize. And like that's why I also have a sex podcast, you know, so I can have those conversations. But am I naive enough to think like that never comes into play or there's never factors? Um, I do think the pandemic really helped and just how widespread OnlyFans became. It just became a lot harder to have hold that discrimination because there's going to be a lot of people you have to leave out. Yeah. But, um, you know, the entertainment industry is super fickle and like, um, do I think there will be fickle moments in the future where, um, people get flagged because of whatever past involvements. And it's like, there's enough shit about me on the internet already. So like, if they want to find a reason to disclude me, like they, they totally can, but I don't want to like help anybody do that. You know what I mean? Discriminate against me. And yeah, but I do, I do hope it continues to move in that direction where it's like becomes less of a big deal big deal yeah yeah well uh courtney thanks for chatting with us and sharing so much and low-key therapizing me at times uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know if people want to go uh, listen to your show private parts unknown or take a look at your private parts on your only fans or follow <laughs> your work at large uh you know where can people go and follow you Yes. So check out uh, my podcast, Private Parts Unknown. Billy did an episode, God, a couple years ago, right? Man, yeah. I, I think you must have been newer with this boyfriend. Uh, this might have been like 2018. Yeah. Yeah. This is like I think a while. It was right back. after we started pr- doing the Private Parts Unknown because mm-hmm. the show's been through an evolution. But anyway, yeah. Um, there is an old episode with Billy on on and we have also done recent episodes like i said we go to different places like helsinki mexico city we went to tokyo and we got our happy ending massages that's a really fun episode i'm also just on you can follow my wholesome accounts (laughs) at courtney kosak (laughs) my last name is k-o-c-a-k and then if you want to follow my only fans i am at coco peep show and i also have some social media accounts with that handle uh, where you can see some tamer, sexy photos if you like that. Fantastic. Well, uh, $40,000 worth says some people like that. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wow. Um, Well, Courtney, thanks. You were phenomenal. You were very fun to chat with. Uh, I look forward to seeing you next time you're on the East Coast. And I hope you get the whatever wedding proposal you want. I hope it's exactly as minimalist as you hope. That's hilarious. I hope you get the wedding proposal you want. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a, a huge fantasy in that <laughs> in that department, but you'll probably see it on the internet soon. And Fantastic. I just think the real fantasy is like getting to be with someone you love for a lifetime, right? Oh, <laughs> that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot. That is ultimately the goal. Right, right, right. Not vanity. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, But good luck with your relationship, Billy. Uh, I'm so glad you got a chance to catch up. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Uh, Cordy, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye, everybody.
Join us for the very first Hot Movies Night this Thursday, June 23rd at 10 p.m. I want to give a shout out to our friends at HotMovies.com. If you use promo code MANHOR when you sign up for any of their packages, you will get 20 free minutes on the house. They have hundreds of thousands of adult films to choose from, including retro classics like Deep Throat. Folks, are you following me on the Twitter and the Instagram? I hope you are. I am on Twitter at the Billy Proceda. I'm on Instagram at Billy is Proceda. And if you want to see some content from me that's just a little bit more <laughs> deep throaty, a little bit more waving the wangy, come follow my free OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash CallMeBilly. It's free to follow and tip this ass to play. Well, I'm, uh, I'm off to Italia the next time you hear me. Um, I'm going off to Italy for 10 days with my dad, uh, celebrating his 60th birthday. Just going to go be a couple guineas sipping wine in the Umbria country. If I have any listeners in Umbria, I'll take recommendations of what to do. I hear there's a chocolate factory and a waterfall, and that's about it. <laughs> but uh, I am very much looking forward to the trip. Be kind today, everybody. Be kind be hopeful, come from a place of love and not fear. At least that's what I'm trying to do, and my days are just a little bit brighter because of it. And as always, stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout.